Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 22. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Recording this podcast on a Thursday afternoon and I apologise for it being so close to the start of Round 2022. It's been a really busy week and the podcast is a priority and I want to make the best show possible each and every week. But sometimes life gets in the way and because of that, today's podcast will be a little bit shorter. But uh, next week, I'm definitely free Tuesday afternoon, so it'll be back to its regular scheduled programming. And I, you know, I especially pr- appreciate all the loyal listeners that have supported me so far in this journey. And you know, it's going to be a fun show coming up. We got some big games this weekend: the Storm versus the Penrith Panthers, being you know one of the key ones. It's a blockbuster match. It starts at 8 p.m. this evening. But before we get to the footy tips, I want to discuss a couple of things that are going around, two things really, two topics that, you know, have been the conversation of the rugby league world, and one of them is a tragedy, unfortunately, and this morning, um, the the 11th of August, at about 10am, I believe, Paul Green, the premiership winning 2015 North Queensland Cowboys coach, and very successful player in his day, uh, was found dead at his home, and it's a tragedy, my condolences go out to to everyone that, you know, ever played with Paul Green, ever got coached by him. And, you know, when we look back at his life, I think that we can all appreciate just how much he loved the game of rugby league and how much he gave to our great game. So it's, uh, without a doubt, one of those situations that, you know, you hate to see. And, you know, when you look back at that Cowboys run in 2015, you can see that Previous coaches like Graham Murray and Neil Henry did a great job at making the Cowboys competitive. And, you know, at the time, they did a great job of getting the Cowboys up for a premiership window, but they just couldn't get over the line. And, you know, Paul Green came in, and he, I'm not saying he was, you know, the only factor in, you know, that fairy tale finish that the Cowboys had in 2015, where Jonathan Thurston kicked the match winning field goal and they tied the game late to send it to extra time. But he was definitely one of the key, if not the key, component to it. So, you know, what he brought was professionalism um, and, uh, you know, a, a real desire to have a winning culture. And, um, you know, he was the consummate professional to the point where he's looking for, you know, different clubs to coach up until this year in 2022. So, you know, it's a tragedy of the game. He was a great player in his day. Always remember him as Sydney Rooster and unfortunately suffered an injury that kept him out of their premiership year in 2002. But, um, you know, he, was a, he won a Rothmans medal in his day and he was, you know, one of those underrated players for Queensland in the early 2000s that really made a difference and really got him back to the winning culture. He always stepped up when he put that Queensland jersey on. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, I think he'll be remembered as an ultimate competitor. Some say that, you know, and had mixed experience of him as an NRL coach um and you know he his methods were sometimes questioned but one thing that we can never take away from is that um he loved the game of rugby league and he was a, a great competitor in all aspects of the game to the point where he coached queensland last season 2021 and you know they suffered two major defeats in the first two games but he uh picked this queensland team up and got him a winning game free as head coach and you know he he proved that uh without a doubt his credentials as coach um, we're up there with some of the best in the game. So huge, uh, huge tragedy. My condolences to everyone that have played for Paul Green um, under him as head coach or with him when he was on the field. So um, everyone that's affected to his whole family, my condolences 
um, from Steve's NRL footy tips. My apologies for any audio issues that you might hear during this episode. As I mentioned, I'm not using my regular setup. It's a last-minute podcast, and I regret that I haven't had time to record it this week, but as I mentioned, sometimes life gets in the way. And just the final note on the Paul Green tragedy, I hope that the NRL does the right thing, and I'm sure that they will, and have um, moments or silences across the games this weekend to uh, to celebrate, I guess, the life and career of Paul Green, who died suddenly um, on Thursday morning. All right, the other thing that I want to touch on before I get to my tips, as I mentioned, it's going to be a shorter episode today, but I just wanted to touch on the Ricky Stewart controversy that's been the talk of rugby league all week. And for those that don't know, Paul, uh, after the game on Saturday night, Ricky Stewart, um, I guess, lashed out in the press conference and um, called uh, young Samad a uh, weak, gutted dog, the young Panthers 5'8", and... You know, since then, there's been a, a bunch of stories coming out on why he said what he said and why he acted unprofessional in that press conference. And, um, you know, Ricky Stewart didn't shy away from it. He came out and admitted that um, it's something that he shouldn't have said um, and that he reacted due to a, a former situation with Jamin Simmon that happened when Simmon was growing up regarding his children. So, um, you know, the, the what, what Simmon allegedly did while he was growing up is... You know, I'm not giving excuses to Ricky Stewart, but I'm saying you can understand why he lashed out in the press conference, especially after a probably pretty poor performance by a Raiders team that probably should have beat the Panthers on Saturday afternoon. I tipped them on this podcast, and I thought they were particularly disappointing. But, you know, he's facing uh, a week out. He's not going to coach the Raiders this weekend as a horn goes off in the background. Jeez, thanks for the audio issues. Um, but, yeah, he's going to face a week on the sidelines. He'll be back at Raiders training next Tuesday. And, you know, it's one of those situations where I think that it was the NRL kind of reacting to the public's um, view of the situation. They obviously know the finer details and what went down back in the day between the two parties. And I understand it's unprofessional and, and you can't do that as a head coach, but I feel like seven days um, out from coaching an NRL team that's on the, uh, like the cusp of finals and basically playing for their season this week against the Dragons on Sunday is a very harsh punishment. I know that Ricky has set the values all season, what's to be expected by Raiders' performance, and you know too much probably won't change in terms of how the Raiders um, look and prepare for this game, but there's no doubt that not having your coach for the week is going to hurt them. And, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. I hope Ricky Stewart learns from it, but I hope the NRL learns from it as well because they have both sides of the story. The public don't have both sides of the story, and... You know, it's it's one of those situations where, as a head coach, you work all year to get your club to this point of the season and try to get the best out of them. But I just feel like, you know, a fine and a, and a very heavy, um, I guess, warning um, that that behaviour won't be tolerated probably would have been enough for me. But I can understand why they went the extra mile. And unfortunately, the Raiders are going to be without him this weekend in a do-or-die game against the St. George or Dragons. All right, we're going to get into my... NRL tips for round 2022, round 2022, round 22, 2022 now. And if you haven't, before we get to it, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook to stay up to date for the latest notifications for the show. Subscribe and like wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast each and every week, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or Google Podcast. I appreciate the support. You guys have been with me since the beginning, a lot of people, since the start of 2020. For the new people that have joined and have been listening to the podcast over the, the season, I appreciate your patience during these um, 
weeks where, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life and I'm just trying to release the podcast as best and as efficiently as I can and, you know, keep creating the best content. The show's definitely going to grow um, in the future. It might be the end of this season, might be next year. It's going to be YouTube channels. There's going to be all sorts of stuff going on, more content. So keep subscribing. I appreciate all your um, all your feedback that you, the fans, give me. And um, let's get into round 22. And the first game is a blockbuster tonight at 7.50. All right, round 22 kicks off tonight from 7.50 p.m. at Blue Bet Stadium when the Penrith Panthers take on the Melbourne Storm. And as I mentioned, because it's going to be a shorter show this week, I'm not going to you know, spend five to ten minutes on each game, but it will be a preview that, you know, I prioritise the games that I think are important enough to, you know, warrant a conversation with the limited time I have, and this is definitely going to be one of those games, the Panthers versus the Storm. It's going to be a blockbuster, and if you told anyone at the start of the year that this would be the grand final, no one would be surprised. Um, obviously, both teams aren't at full strength this week. The halves are still out for Penrith, as they will be for the rest of the regular season. They don't have Jerome Lua, they don't have Nathan Cleary, Joining the sidelines is Fisher-Harris and Taylor May. But uh, Viliami Kiki has a big in for him tonight. And they were very impressive last weekend against the um, the Raiders. I thought that they would struggle in that game. And they certainly did to open um, in the opening exchanges. But the longer the game went, the more comfortable the halves in Salmon uh, and O'Sullivan seemed to get off. Although O'Sullivan did a particularly great job at... Um, controlling the tempo of the game. His kicking was pinpoint, and there was a lot of times where he forced the Raiders to come out from their own goal line or even re- forcing repeat sets, and it was very Nathan Cleary-esque. And, you know, there's definitely conversation where you can see why the Dolphins signed him and that he could be an asset for them in their inaugural season in 2023. So, you know, it was a really good performance. Their big gun stepped up as well without their leaders. The likes of Isaiah, yeah, he played 80 minutes for the first time in a significant amount of time. Appy Chorus there was at his scheming best as well. And, you know, this week with uh, Kikia back in, I think they just grow from strength to strength. Dylan Edwards has been remarkable at the back. And, you know, he's really doing a lot of the work in attack um, without Cleary and Luai there, which is nice to see. So... Interestingly enough, they haven't picked Charlie Staines this week, the Panthers. They've gone with Sunar Tuavav. I believe that's how it might not be how he's pronounced his name, but I try my best, guys. Um, he's going to make his debut this weekend uh, tonight on the wing position. I don't know too much about him, but Charlie Staines is fit um, and will be lining up the New South Wales Cup, which is very interesting. It could uh, definitely add to the fire in terms of the rumours that Charlie Staines could be looking to get out of his Panthers contract because he finds himself um, on the out of there at the moment, unfortunately. Melbourne, on the other hand, I mean, they were um, now okay last week against the Gold Coast Titans. They were well on the way to producing a cricket score before their halfback, Jerome Hughes, went down. Cameron Marshall's outstanding from fullback, but this week um, they've got some injury concerns and some big outs themselves. Obviously, Hughes, as I mentioned, he's the big one. He really controls a lot of what Melbourne do. So uh, Munster finds himself back at fullback. They get Nick Beanie back at fullback this week. That will help them. Cooper Johnson's in the halfback position. And unfortunately, Felice Cafusi is uh, suffering the loss of his father, who passed away, I believe, at the end of uh, last week or the start of this week. So he's out, and he's going to be replaced by Tom Eisenhuff in the front row, in the second row. But this game shapes up to be a season-defining match for Melbourne. They need a big result. They need a, um, a performance where... 
they look like the dominant Stormer of old because while they're, you know, they're still in the top four at the moment, there's teams that are really gunning for that fourth position. They find themselves in 28 points, which is the same as the Eels. The Broncos and the Rabbitohs are on 26, so they need a big performance to prove that there's still a chance um, of winning this premiership in 2022 because they're just not playing with that same Storm confidence that we're used to seeing. Their defense hasn't been as tight and... You know, at Blue Bet Stadium, where the Panthers don't lose games or don't lose them often anyway, it's going to be an extremely hard night on Thursday night if they can't do the basics right, the Storm, and complete their sets, kick to the edges, and um, try to get some pressure defensively up. So, you know, I expect a response. I think Craig Bellamy's really going to have a fight up for this game. But in saying that, at Blue Bet, even without all their outages, I'm going to have to lean the way of the Penrith Panthers in this game. I feel like... O'Sullivan um, has slotted in almost seamlessly to what Nathan Cleary had been doing. And I really like um, how confident he plays his football. The forward pack's still there. And I feel like when you look at these teams on paper, Cameron Munster, as well as he is playing, I feel like Penrith have a more confident footy team. And I feel like if we look at their 1-17, I feel like Penrith are definitely more capable of scoring more points in this matchup. And... To be honest, the Melbourne defence isn't where I want it to be this season. So I'm not willing to ride off the storm yet. But honestly, um, there's worrying signs there. And they need a big performance. They need to respond. And we'll see if they can do that tonight. I've got the Panthers uh, by 10 points this evening. All right, moving on to the 6pm Friday game from Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland, New Zealand. The New Zealand Warriors face the Canterbury Bulldogs. And really, there's not too much to say about this game, especially with the limited time that I have. I mean, both of these teams are out of contention to make the finals. The Warriors have been uh, dismal for a while now. They've, I believe, lost 10 out of their last 11 games. And last week, they were just... They were done after 10 minutes against the Rabbitohs. They put them to the sword early, and they scored some really soft tries down the middle of the field. And it's a real worrying sign for the New Zealand Warriors. They're versing a Bulldogs team that I thought was... Uh, they started great up there at Bundaberg against the Cowboys last week. But really, I was very disappointed after that. They kind of in my opinion, at least showed everybody that they've still got some work to do to be a consistent, competitive outfit. And, you know, while Burden and Josh Adokar have the best combination in the game, I expected a little bit more, um, I guess, resistance from their forwards. When the tide started to turn, they were impressive early, the likes of Vaughan and King. But when the tide turned, I just don't think the Bulldogs had the um, had the spark or the energy to keep up with that Cowboys side, especially in the second half. So a pretty disappointing performance. And to be honest, I think the Warriors have another... Um, win left in them this season. They, uh, they've they been awful, there's no doubt about it. But in front of their home crowd at Mount Smart Stadium, I feel like they've got one good performance left in them. Arcee and Johnson, they're the halves this week. Reese Walsh, uh, he want to leave his Warriors career on a bit of a high note. So I feel like um, in front of their home crowd, the Warriors might spark them a little bit. And I'm going to go the Warriors for the upset. The Warriors by six points um, to start Friday night football. All right, moving on to the third game. As I mentioned, I'm just pouring through these games this week on the limited time that I have. And the third game comes from Combank Stadium up there at Parramatta uh, on Friday night at 7.55 when the Parramatta Eels host the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And Parramatta, let's start with them. They were fantastic last weekend against the Manly Seagulls in that second half. I mean, they went better as the match got on. And, um, you know, there was a lot of criticism heading into the game about Jacob Arthur and if he could, you know, um, match or even come close to delivering what Mitchell Moses, their starting halfback, has been able to produce this year in terms of game management. And to be honest, he probably struggled a little bit in the first half, but he really came into his element in the second half. The whole team 
got around him and some big performances by Clint Clufson and Dylan Brown. They really stepped up and got the Eels over the line against the Manly Seagulls side that were in that game and they had their chances to ice it. But Parramatta just found a way to keep getting back in the contest and their forward pack um, was impressive, especially Campbell Goodlard and Junior Paulo. Well, they were off the field you know, near the middle of that game last weekend. Parramatta just looked off, um, and as soon as they came back on with about half an hour left of the contest, the Eels got on top of the grind, um, on top of the field possession, and they really kicked on because of the hard work that Campbell Gillard and Paulo added to the side. So it's a big test this week here and against the Rabbitohs at their home stadium and see how Sydney coming off a huge win over the Warriors. They were dominant in that game. Obviously, their opposition probably could be accused of giving up, but the Rabbitohs did a smart thing and actually gave Latrell Mitchell a spell after 60 minutes. He was impressive in that game, and he's going to have to be if the Rabbitohs going to make a late push to get into the top four. It's a tough ask for them to, uh, tomorrow night. I mean, they beat the Eels about a month ago, but Parramatta have grown in confidence since then after some big wins, including a big win over Penrith, and CF's, um, you know, they're playing a confident brand of football at the moment. Ilias is improving on a week-by-week basis. Walker is slowly improving. Latrell there at the back. I know he hasn't had his most impressive season, but um, the improvement's evident there, and I just think that CF's at the moment are flying in terms of confidence, and this match is really going to be decided by the battle in the forward pack. Um, the likes of Kalama Tungy versus Isaiah Papalihi, there's some, and Madison versus Murray. So there's some big matches up top, but I just think that CF's the way that they're travelling at the moment, there's two confident football teams going out there on Friday night, but I think that CS are probably the more consistent out of the two sides. I'm going to take the Rabbitohs to meet the Eels by six points on Friday night. All right, let's move on to Super Saturday now. The fourth game of the week. As I said, I'm just firing these out. From the Sydney Cricket Ground at 3pm, the Sydney Roosters versus the North Queensland Cowboys. And, man... Um, the Roosters and the Cowboys. This one's shaping up to be another blockbuster game that's hard not to, you know, spend 10 minutes talking about. But the Roosters were impressive last week against the Broncos. They just thoroughly outplayed them in all aspects. And the Cowboys have been up and down the last few weeks, to say the least. They probably haven't been as impressive as they had been in recent times. But they got their act together in the second half, and it was a much better performance there um, against the Bulldogs up there at Bundaberg. So I'm excited for the Saturday match. I think that this match is, um, could go down to the wire. I like the Roosters, to be honest with you. I think that they're flying at the moment. If they win here on Saturday, um, probably almost confirms their top eight status. Ferrell's the sign for the Titans this week. That's interesting, but I feel like they're Haas, Kiri, and Walker. Um, partnering there with Verrills, and he serves at a dummy half again better each week. Tedesco's doing his usual hard work, and the fact that Joseph Manu's kind of roaming a little bit more and getting involved in the plays makes me really confident about uh, the Roosters and what they can do come the postseason. They could be a little bit of a dark horse in this competition. They're starting to get it together. Um, it's going to be a big battle this week up against the Fords, the likes of Hargraves and Lodge going at, again, at it against Hess and Cotter. Um, and then you've got, you know, the spark of guys like Angus Crichton versus Nenai. It's going to be an exciting contest to watch on Saturday afternoon, but I'm probably leaning the way of the Roosters. I'm going to go to the Roosters by 10 um, to kickstart Super Saturday. All right, we'll move on to the second game of Super Saturday now from Scully Park. The West Tigers host the Cronulla Sharks, and the Tigers uh, were abysmal last week, and I predicted they would be. I mean, they just can't seem to string performances back-to-back in a row. Obviously, they're not playing for much for the rest of the season, but um, you know this this week, in my opinion, could be a bit of a bloodbath. And the Dragons are up for the contest against the Sharks, um, 
in that game, especially late with a big comeback against them. And Cronulla probably, I guess, rested on their laurels a little bit in that 24-18 to 18 victory. But you just feel like there's an air of confidence at Cronulla at the moment that hasn't been there in prior year. Craig Fitzgibbon has a job in his hand to get them up at the right time of the season. They've still had a few out Cronulla this week. The likes of um, Connor Tracy's gone and... But they do get uh, Dal Finucane back in the lineup this week, and I think that he'll add a lot professionalism-wise, and I expect it almost to be a cricket score, um, Cronulla versus the Tigers this week. I've got Cronulla by 30, um, and that's probably been nice for the West Tigers. I just feel like the Tigers are waiting to the end of the season, and the Sharks are really priming themselves to cement this top four spot and go on a run uh, as we get closer to the end of the season. All right, the 7.35 Super Saturday game, the final game of my favourite day of the week, Super Saturday, takes place at Suncorp Stadium. And the Brisbane Broncos host the Newcastle Knights. And for the Broncos, it's uh, definitely been a, a disappointing few weeks for them. They're starting to slide down the ladder a little bit. And, you know, some are really, um, you know, questioning their premiership credentials. But let's not underestimate what the Broncos have done this year. I mean, they've gone from being right down near the wooden spoon to being a top eight and almost a top four side. So whatever happens for the next the rest of the year, I feel that the Broncos have definitely had a successful 2022. But for all their fans, you would hope that they can continue the growth and uh, really start playing some confident and, um, a, you know, an attractive brand of football as we head towards the finals. And they won't get a better opportunity to do that than this weekend against the Newcastle Knights team that, sure, they got a win against the Tigers and a bit of a Diarra affair last Sunday. But they're another team that doesn't have much to play for for the rest of the season. Adam O'Brien's probably playing to keep his job, um, trying to get these guys up and motivated. But... For me, the Broncos, this is close to the probably one of the full strength teams they've named in quite a number of weeks. I mean, Carrigan's still suspended for pretty much the rest of the regular season. But I feel like with their big guns back and um, starting to get a bit healthy onion football back in their bones, the likes of Cobo and Huss um, and Capewell. And, you know, with Ezra Mam and Reynolds getting more used to each other in the halves every week, I feel like the Broncos should be winning this one comfortably. We've got the Broncos by 14 uh, to end Super Saturday. All right, let's get to the Sunday games down from 2 p.m. at GOO Stadium up there in Canberra. The Canberra Raiders host the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And I'm going to take a drink from my water because I've just been smacking these games out. But, yeah, the uh, the Raiders, they're a team that, um, you know, we all know the, and I mentioned it to start the show, the controversy that's been around them this weekend. It's a do-or-die game against the Dragons this week, and... You know, I don't think their preparation without Ricky Stewart changes too much. But to be honest, they started the game off incredibly um, against the Panthers last week, but then kind of fell away like they've done so many times in the past few years. And this weekend, without Tarpany or Nick Kotrick, it's going to be a really tough ask against the Dragons team that, you know, um, they're going to find it really hard to make finals football this year. But um, they can cause a nuisance to some of these teams on the run home and Tarek Sims obviously suspended for the rest of the year. His Dragons career's over. But I feel like in this game, um, it's a real toss-of-the-coin matchup. Widen and Fogarty are the X-Factors for me. Um, so that's probably going to lead me the way of the Raiders. But the Dragons beat them early in the year, and it wouldn't be surprised if they do it again. I'm going to go to the Raiders by four points. Um, but if they lose, obviously their season's over. So the pressure's all on Canberra this weekend. And the final game of the round, from Seabar Super Stadium in Robina. The Gold Coast Titans host the Manly Seagulls. And um, there's not much to say about this game. The Titans, um, will they get a win uh, in the rest of the year? Who knows? But Manly, if 
their season's, you know, not dead already. They've got to win this week. They find themselves on 20 competition points, um, four away from the top eight. And, you know, that whole seven uh, players sitting out a few weeks ago has probably uh, well and truly cost mainly their season. They were in the game against Parramatta last week and they couldn't deliver there either. So um, they fell apart near the end of the game. In saying that, they should be too strong for a Titans team that have just been awful all year and... There's some promising signs there in terms of um, some young kids like Jojo Fafida, who's playing well. Tenor Boyd's done good with his limited opportunities and Aaron Clark and um, the likes. But overall, I just think the Manly Seagulls be too strong and I've got Manly by 22 to end the round on Sunday afternoon. So those are my tips for round 22. Just to recap, I'm going to go um, the Panthers to beat Melbourne tonight. The Friday night games, the Warriors upsetting the Bulldogs. Which is, which is also my bet of the week. The Warriors at 250 if you like it. Gamble responsibly. Uh, the Rabbitohs to beat the Eels. Super Saturday, I've gone the Roosters to beat the Cowboys. Cronulla to beat the Tigers. The Broncos to beat the Knights. And the Sunday afternoon games, I've gone Canberra to beat the Dragons. And the Manly Seagulls to be way too strong for the Gold Coast Titans. Listen, that's it for Steve's and RL footy tips this week. As I mentioned, a shorter show this week. I just powered through all that, and uh, but on Sunday, I'm sorry, on Tuesday afternoon, I'll be back to the regular scheduled programming. Thank you guys for your support in 2022, and enjoy your football this weekend.